This episode of On the Record is brought to you by Ingersoll Tillage, specializing in seedbed solutions. Whatever seedbed challenges you have, Ingersoll can give you the right tools to get the job done. For more information, visit IngersollTillage.com. I'm Executive Editor Kim Schmidt. We're at the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to On the Record. Here's an update on what's currently impacting the ag equipment industry. This week's dealers on the move include Kingline Equipment and Titan Machinery. Kingline Equipment, a Florida-based New Holland dealer, has an announced plans for a sixth location in Nashville, Georgia. It expects to open in March. Titan Machinery, Case IH's largest U.S. dealership group, has acquired the assets of Horizon West with the retirement of the dealership's founding partner. Titan will now be the Case IH dealer in the Nebraska Panhandle and Eastern Wyoming. Now here's Jack Zemlicka with the latest from the Technology Corner. Thanks, Kim. By and large, no-till farmers forecast a conservative approach to adding new equipment to their operation in 2020, especially precision technologies. Results of the 12th annual no-till operational benchmark study show that farmers generally plan to scale back use of precision farming tools and services on their cropping operations in the coming year. While many of the changes are subtle, the most significant year-over-year shifts are planned in use of variable rate fertilizing down 10% from 2019, variable rate seeding down almost 9%, and auto seed shutoff down about 8%. The lone precision area which no-tillers anticipate increased application is in remote sensing, with adoption forecast to increase less than 1% in 2020. So how does the broader adoption of precision practices correlate to no-tillers' expected spending on ag technology in 2020? Results of the benchmark study revealed that, on average, respondents are planning to invest about $1,700 per farm on ag technology. This total is about $900 less than what no-tillers initially forecast in 2019, but about $100 more than the actual per-farm average of just over $1,600 reported in this year's benchmark study. A category added in 2018 tracks precision service expenditures, with respondents spending an average of just over $3,000 per farm that year. The total declined to just under $1,800 in 2019 and is forecast to decrease again in 2020 to about $1,400 per farm. However, it's worth noting that survey projections made at the start of the year don't always coincide with end-of-the-year totals, and historically, actual precision expenditures have exceeded initial projections. Back to you, Kim. Thanks, Jack. According to the most recent update to the European Agricultural Machinery Association's Business Climate Index, Europe's farm equipment dealer sentiment is on the rise. The index rose 15 points in January to negative 3, up from negative 18 in December. This was the largest overall increase the index has seen since early 2017. The increase was mostly due to a rise in the number of dealers expecting little to no change in future conditions. Only 14% of dealers expected incoming orders to increase, while a record 59% forecasted incoming orders to remain flat. According to SEMA, this reflects dealers' uncertainty about future conditions and farmers' equipment purchases in the near term. The volume of equipment orders from dealers increased in January, indicating they see good conditions for moving their inventory, the report says. 
Incoming orders from Europe showed an average increase last month for the first time after several months of decline. European dealers increased their expectations for almost all regions for the second time in a row last month, with Scandinavia at the top of the list and the UK still in negative territory. Now here's Associate Research Editor Ben Thorpe with an update on farmland values. Thanks, Kim. Despite ongoing weakness in the U.S. farming sector, driven by low agricultural commodity prices, farmland values held steady through the fourth quarter of 2019 in three important farming regions. With more than 80% of farmers borrowing power tied to their real estate assets, the resilience of farmland values is vital to producers' capital expenditures. Results of the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City's Ag Credit Survey indicate that strength in the farm real estate markets provided support to the agricultural sector as non-irrigated cropland values and cash rents increased slightly in the fourth quarter. Non-irrigated farmland values in the region trended higher at a modest pace in 2019 and increased 4% in the fourth quarter. Cash rents have trended lower since 2017 but increased slightly at the end of 2019. In the fourth quarter, cash rents were 2% above year-ago levels. Respondents to the Chicago Fed's agricultural survey covered the fourth quarter of 2019 sounded more optimistic than a year ago, even though the results for farmland values mirrored those from the fourth quarter of 2018. On balance, the 7th Federal Reserve District saw no annual change in the agricultural land values in 2019. At the same time, values for good farmland in the fourth quarter of 2019 were up 1% from the third quarter, Chicago Fed economists reported that 82% of the survey respondents expected farmland values to be stable during the January through March period of 2020, while 7% expected them to rise during the first quarter of 2020. A little less than 11% expected district value land levels to decline. Based on the results of its agricultural survey covering the fourth quarter of 2019, the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas reported overall weaker conditions across most regions of the 11th district. Nonetheless, the value of irrigated cropland in the district stabilized in the last quarter of 2019, while dryland values held steady and ranchland values increased moderately. The report goes on to say, bankers who responded to the surveys in both the most recent quarter and fourth quarter 2018 said nominal cropland and ranchland values increased year-over-year in Texas, northern Louisiana, and southern New Mexico. While most commodity prices remain relatively stagnant, dairy appears to be improving. As one Wisconsin banker told the Chicago Fed, due to a recent increase in milk prices, I expect to see an uptick in capital investment that was put on hold over the last five years. Deer Co. reported its first quarter earnings this morning. The company reported that its worldwide net sales and revenues decreased 4% in the first quarter ended February 2, 2020 to $7.63 billion. Net sales of the company's equipment operations were $6.53 billion for the quarter compared to $6.94 billion in 2019, a decline of 6%. Net income for the quarter was up 4% to $517 million versus $498 million for the same period in 2019. Year-over-year -year sales of agriculture and turf equipment for the quarter fell 4% to $4.49 billion from $4.68 billion. Operating profit increased 7% to $373 million versus $348 million in the first quarter of 2019. Operating margin improved to 8.3% compared to 7.4% a year earlier. Summarizing the company's performance during the period, John May, Deere's CEO, said John Deere's first quarter performance reflected early signs of stabilization in the U.S. farm sector. Farmer confidence, though still subdued, has improved due in part to hopes for a relaxation of trade tensions and higher agricultural exports. 
Deere's worldwide sales of agriculture and turf equipment are forecast to decline 5 to 10% for fiscal year 2020, including a negative currency translation effect of about 1%. Industry sales of agricultural equipment in the U.S. and Canada are forecast to be down about 5%, driven by lower demand for large equipment in Canada. Industry sales of turf and utility equipment in the U.S. and Canada are expected to be about flat. Thanks, Ben. Dagelman Industries, which manufactures tillage equipment, bulldozer blades, land rollers, heavy harrows, and rock pickers at its facility in Regina, Saskatchewan, has received a nearly $48 million investment from private equity firm Westcap Management LTD. Westcap is a venture capital and private equity fund manager based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. The firm has completed more than $1 billion Canadian dollars in transactions in more than 200 growth companies. Its investment in Daigleman is not Westcap's first foray into the agricultural sector. In addition to its financing of various crop input retailing operations, Westcap also has investments in Superior Farm Solutions, which owns Rightway Manufacturing. Rightway's product lines are similar to those of Daigleman's, including land rollers, rock pickers, and tillage equipment, which are produced in Regina and Imperial, Saskatchewan. Westcap said its investment in the farm implement manufacturer fits its goal of investing in established companies with dedicated employees. Daigleman currently employs about 270 people. And now from the Implement and Tractor archives. The origins of the ACCO name came about without much forethought. ACCO founder Bob Ratliff told Farm Equipment editors back in 2013 that after acquiring Deutz Alice from Klockner, Humboldt, and Deutz of Germany, they thought they'd call the company the Alice Gleaner Company. The idea was quickly abandoned when the company handling the bankruptcy of Alice Chalmers would not let ACCO use the word Alice as a prefix without paying a major royalty. Gleaner Alice and other names were considered, but ultimately they decided on ACCO. Ratliff said they figured people could translate it any way they wished. Also, it would be the first in the phone book, so the name really was never defined internally in any specific manner. As always, we welcome your feedback. You can send comments and story suggestions to kschmidt at lessermedia.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us.